Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the World of Ink Network, founded in 2011 by Virginia Grenier and Marsha Cook. Their vision was to start a radio show that helped writers reach their dreams. The World of Ink has a wonderful group of hosts who are dedicated to delivering shows to entertain and inspire listeners. The World of Ink Network shares resources that introduce tips, products, and services to help strengthen, support, and challenge those who love writing and the written word. Their hope is to bring not only authors, illustrators, and publishers together, but screenwriters, directors, and producers. New to the network will be a variety of special shows, bringing not only entertaining shows, but informative discussions on timely subjects. To learn more about us, go to www.worldofinknetwork.com or visit us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Black, and this show is Into the Abyss with Elizabeth Black. I'm a writer of horror, dark fiction, fantasy, romance, and erotica. My latest book is my medical thriller, Roughing It, which is available at Amazon for the Kindle. My guest today is horror writer Tom Deedy, author of Haven. It's great to have you here tonight, Tom. So why don't you give my listeners a brief introduction? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, my name's Tom Deedy. I'm a horror writer, uh, lifelong resident of Massachusetts. As you mentioned, my first novel, Haven, uh, was picked up by Cemetery Dance. That's available on Amazon now in paperback and ebook. And Bloodshot Books picked up my second novel, Eternal Darkness, which is also available in paperback and ebook um, on Amazon. Okay. Well, first off, congrats on making the preliminary ballot for the Stoker Awards for, for Haven. That, that's a pretty big accomplishment. And, it um, is, haven't you it been is working um, on pretty overwhelming. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I can imagine. How yeah, I, it was. It, but, um, it came as quite a surprise that, uh, that I made the final ballot. And, you know, we're just about a, a little over a month away from, from the awards dinner. And I'm getting more anxious with every day to find out if I'm going to make it or not. Well, best wishes. And I, you know, we'll just see what happens, but best wishes to you and congrats again. So um, haven't you been working on this book for a very, very long time? Yeah. So Haven Haven originally started back in the late nineties. I was toying, you know, with the idea of writing a novel and, kind of started it and put it away for a while and I was in the process of raising my two daughters at the time and working full time and going to school so it, it really was tough to find the time to write and if I would go for very long periods of time where I, I didn't even touch it so it, it really took me about 15 years to get it done and uh, so I finished it in 2012 and sent it off to Cemetery Dance that was one of my first top places I wanted to get published and Surprisingly, they took it. Oh, well, that's that's really cool. So did you send it just uh, to one publisher at a time or to a bunch of publishers, or how, how did you do that? I I had started out going the agent route, so I had sent it out to several agents. But again, at the time, I really had no credentials. 
So mm-hmm. I got a lot of form rejections from the agencies. Um, I I think the one thing that really helped me out was I had a blurb from Stuart O'Nan, and I really think that's what caught the eye of Cemetery Dance because they had worked with him in the past. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So um, tell us a little bit about Haven. I mean, how much of it was inspired uh, or based on your own life in Massachusetts? Yeah, a lot of the background is is very much based on my life in Massachusetts. Uh, Obviously, the story itself isn't, but a lot of the locations, for example, um, part of it takes place on an abandoned military base. And at one point, Mm -hmm. I lived down on the South Shore in Rockland, Massachusetts, and right, basically right out in my backyard was um, just conservation land. If you walk through that conservation land, you found the shells of all these old buildings that were part of a military base. So that's kind of where I got the idea for that. Um, You know, I lived near various lakes over the years. So obviously the lake plays a huge part in the story. Um, And just little bits and pieces of my life over between my childhood and the time I was writing found its way into the story. Well, how much has the book changed from, I mean, you said you've been writing it since the nineties. I mean, how much of it have you had to change as time went on as in, you know, updating it to make it more modern as, as the years progressed. Surprisingly not not much of it because it was based in the seventies anyway. So I didn't really have to modernize it per se. Yeah, which I find writing about that time frame much easier because I think today's technology makes horror more difficult. Everyone has a cell Mm -hmm. phone. Everyone has GPS. It's, you know, it's, it's hard to get that isolation, that fear. Um, So that's why I decided to base it in the seventies. And it it was kind of a a nostalgic thing for me as well, because that's the time frame I grew up and I knew a lot about, Mm-hmm. you know, the kind of the pop culture of the time. So I was able to put a lot of that into the book as well. So it, it really didn't change much despite the lengthy period of time that it took me to write it. Hmm. Okay. So uh, where can my listeners find Haven? If, you know, uh, since they're going to probably want to buy it and read it, where can they find it? It is available now on amazon.com or on barnesandnoble.com. The the limited edition okay. hardcover that Cemetery Dance published is sold out, no longer available. Is is it going is it going to come out later, or is that it? No, that was it. That was it for their hardcover run. Um, I do retain the rights to do another hardcover edition through another publisher. I think it's it would be a difficult sell to to sell just the hardcover. So, <laughs> uh-huh. um, paperback and ebook are are available and will always be available. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Okay, now, um, I know you have a prequel to Haven. It's called Skookum Lake. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about that book? Is it a book or a short story? That, that's actually a short story. Um, I had originally written it specifically to submit to Crystal Lake Publishing, who is doing uh, an anthology um, based on lake stories. So I had written that, submitted to them. Unfortunately, it was called Tales from the Lake. They've done uh, two or three volumes now. Um, It got rejected, and and I kind of modernized it a little, not modernized it, but changed it a little bit for the the Dead Oaks podcast that Chris Waltz does and uh, submitted it to him for the podcast. 
So it's available on audio there as well as uh, the text short story, I believe, is on his website. Oh, well, that's cool. Okay. Um, are you going to set any other works in the same location as, as your novel Haven? I have an idea to do that. One thing that really intrigues me about Stephen King is the way he's created this whole world of his own with Gary and Castle Rock. So Mm -hmm. I have in the back of my head, I want to do that in eternal darkness. It actually takes place a year after the events of Haven and in a, a surrounding fictional town. So I do mention the events that took place in Haven in eternal darkness very briefly, just to kind of Mm -hmm. join the two of them. Um, But I I have an idea of specifically one of the characters of Haven that might show up later on in a future work. Yeah, that's this is really good. I mean, I have, I know what you're talking about with creating your own worlds because I've created an Island called Caleb's Woe, which is right off the coast of Massachusetts. And several of my short stories have been set there. So it's kind of cool to create your own world where, where just about anything creepy can happen. (laughs) So I know exactly where you're coming from with that. So um, how long have you been a writer? Tom, you there? Hello? Oops, I lost him. Let's wait for Tom to come back in. I just He just dropped the call. Now here he is. Hey, Tom, is that Hi, you? sorry. I'm not sure what happened there. Hi. Oh, yeah, it happens occasionally. Yeah, no big, no big, no big okay. deal. I've yep. got you. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Uh, yep, I'm yeah, back. I was yeah, you, you were uh, just mentioning your, oh, your island that you created. That's That's very intriguing. I love that concept. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fun to do that sort of thing to, it, it, because it becomes your baby. You know, like, exactly. Uh, you'll just do anything to take care of it and you create a whole series of characters. I have an entire family that lives there, and uh, they're always into all sorts of mischief. But uh, yeah, my other question for you was, uh, how, long have, <laughs> how long have you been a writer? Have you always wanted to be one, or is this a recent thing? I have how does that work out? I have always I've always wanted to be one, and like I said, I started Haven st- still fairly late in life, I guess, for a writer um, back in the '90s. But yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do, and I never really had the time or, I guess, enough confidence in in putting my work out there. So uh, now that I've gotten my my feet wet in it, I'm this is what I want to do. This is what I want my life to be. Well, you started off at Cemetery Dance, and that's a, a pretty high bar, so I think you're going to be fine as far as that kind of thing goes. So, uh, okay, um, what is it about writing that appeals to you the most? Why do you write? I think I – so I've always been an avid reader, and I think – a lot of the reasons why I write have to do with, they always say, write the book you want to read. And so I think there's been a lot, I've read so much over the course of my life, some really good stuff, some really bad stuff. And, uh, you know, I feel like I have stories to tell and I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know if you can explain to someone who doesn't have the bug why you do it, but it just, it's something I kind of have to do now that it's part of my life. Yeah, I, I know what you mean about that because uh, I mean I take I take frequent breaks, but 
sometimes it's like, you know, the, the words just have to come out of your head. You just got to get them out. That's, so I, yeah, I know that's exactly, exactly that's what it from. is. Yep. Yep. It feels like they're just rattling around in there if you don't write them down. So yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Well, you have a degree in English and creative writing uh, from where? That's from Southern New Hampshire University, and that that was something that's fairly recent. And once I got the the contract for uh, Haven from Cemetery Dance is when I kind of decided I'm going to really give this writing thing a go and take it seriously. So I went back to school taking their online master's program. Oh, and uh, do you think it? Uh, how's it helped? How has it helped you? I think it's helped quite a bit. I mean, they they really honed in on a lot of the, not only the writing skills, but also, you know, modern day publishing, which is obviously very different from it was if I had taken this class 20 years ago with uh, mm-hmm. self-publishing and e-books and audio books. Um, but yeah, the, I, I thought their program was strong. They had a lot of very specific classes on, you know, setting plot setting scene, dialogue, it, it was really, really geared toward the writer. And there was obviously some, you know, not-so-fun English core classes, but mm-hmm. overall, I would, I would highly recommend the program. Well, did you find that there were, like, beginner's mistakes that you made that you had to unlearn? You know, like showing, you know, like telling instead of showing, that sort of thing? Yeah, that's a, still a mis- I make a mistake I make today. So yeah, it's hard. That's a hard habit to break. Um, in my past, as as an IT professional, I had done a lot of technical writing and um, you know things like that, which is a totally different animal than creative writing. So it, originally, I guess when I started taking those classes, I noticed that my my writing was very precise almost from the technical world and it was another habit I had to break out of was to try and make it more natural and you know add more dialogue and as you mentioned already the big no-no is you know you have to show not tell and I know the Mm -hmm. biggest thing I found uh, that I'm still doing today and it's it's a constant battle for me to fix is uh, using the passive voice and not using, you know, strong enough verbs and strong enough oh, that, words. That, that's a hard, that's a hard one to break. I still have right. problems with that one. Um, okay. Uh, you attended contract agents in the business of publishing by river city writers. So, um, I mean, that's a workshop, I believe. And, um, well, yeah, that's, do you think that's that workshops workshop. like that are valuable? Yeah. Tell me a little bit Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. Yeah, that that was a workshop run by uh, James Moore and Christopher Golden, who are both local Massachusetts authors here, both out of Haverhill. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've been doing them. this type of thing kind of freelance with, you know, doing coffee houses and, and kind of offering this advice anyway and being contacted by people like me who would just reach out to them and kind of ask for favors, and that's why they decided to put these these workshops together. Um, being a writer yourself, you know the intricacies of contracts and how easy it is to sign a really bad contract. So I found this particular oh, yeah. workshop I've had my share was very of valuable. Yeah. yeah. So they, Christopher, basically took a couple sample contracts and and just blacked out all the 
you know, the specifics, the names and the dollars, and just went over all the different things about, you know, royalties and what rights you're giving away and what time frame you're giving them away for and how you retain, you know, regain those rights after so many years. And for me, as a a total newbie, having only done two contracts, it was was just a great workshop. Well, for, um, I guess, for writers who are just starting out and not used to contracts, could you give them some advice as to what to look for to avoid, like, you know, never giving all of your rights away or that sort of thing? Uh, there's things that pop pop up in the top of your head as to what they could do. Yeah, the, the, a few very important things you mentioned are, are the rights. So you don't want to give away any more rights than what the publisher is actually going to use. So if the, if they have really no intention of doing, say, a hardcover, don't give them hardcover rights. If they're never going to do, you know, foreign language translations or anything like that, scratch that out of the contract. Um, always make sure that there's a specified time frame for both them publishing the book and for you to take back your rights if either the book goes out of print or it's not, you know, actively selling. And the biggest thing is a lot of publishers will, especially the small presses, are very informal and will say, yeah, that's in the contract, but we're never really going to do it. So the key is not what they say they're going to do, but what the contract allows them to do. And you you have to just be really careful that even if they tell you, no, we'd never do that, it's just the language, well, then take the language out. Yeah, I mean, I know that I mean, uh, there are so many of the, the small publishers lately that have been shutting down, and people have been having a hard time getting their rights back at, to the point where – you know, the, the companies are turning off their telephones, they're canceling their emails, you can't get hold of them. I've seen quite a bit of that in the romance genre and a little bit in, in horror, not as much. But, um, yeah, so it, it always pays to, you know, have a decent contract and, and know, know what you're getting yourself into. But um, as, as far exactly. as the people that, that are having trouble getting their rights back, I, you know, I really wish them the best because it's uh, – it's, 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 some of the publishers are not making it very easy. I'm not going to name names or anything, but yeah, I think you yeah, I've know seen, the I've seen the stories. About. Yep. Yeah. Well, if you could go back in time, would you do anything differently? Oh, I would have started. I would have started this journey a long, long time ago. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Like I said, I've been wanting to be a writer really my whole life, and I can remember. One story I'll tell is um, when I was in high school, this was right after I picked up Salem's Lot, which was my like my first addiction to horror was when I read that book. So uh, we had to do a creative That's a writing fantastic assignment. Book. <laughs> uh, it's, it's still today. It's still one of the best. Um, but in my English class, we had, and this was back in high school, we had to... Um, you know, just creative assignment, write, write a story, whatever you want. So I, I wrote this vampire story, which was probably terrible at the time, but my English teacher loved it. And she said, she gave the assignment back to me and she had a note on it saying, let's put this in, um, Malden high school had their own, uh, kind of like a magazine, I guess it was called Boojum rock. I have no idea why it was called that, but she had a note on the story. This is great. Let's put this in Boojum rock. And I'm like, you know, I'm this 
dorky teenager like no I don't want anybody else to read this so. <laughs> um, but yeah like so I've, I've always wanted to do it but it was really a, a confidence thing that that stopped me so I, I I wish I just had the confidence back then just to say I'm gonna I'm gonna do this I'm gonna put myself out there and people might like it or they might not yeah I did some writing when I was younger too I was in a it was a gifted and talented program at Johns Hopkins University for te- uh, for teenagers, and I never actually submitted anything. I, I wasn't. It never made it that far. We were just basically creative writing, but it was the same thing that happened to you. Is that uh, for me? For you, it was Stephen King, but for me, it was Edgar Allan Poe. And we would, I would write stories inspired by Poe, or you know, Agatha Christie was another one of my favorites. And it was, uh, I've had some stories the same thing the teacher wanted to bring some special attention to it so that it really gets you motivated and gets you wanting to write more but then the point is the problem is going from actually writing something to moving into getting the courage to get it published especially back then when I had no idea where to send anything except to maybe go to a writer's digest and now it's a lot easier because you can look for guidelines on the internet I think I think it's easier for writers today I think it's definitely easier, but at the same time, because it's so easy, it creates a lot more competition, good and bad. Oh yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. yeah, I can. You remember the old days of having to, you know, type out a manuscript and mail it snail mm-hmm. mail to somewhere, and yeah. So nowadays, it is much much easier, but it also empowers a lot of people to do it, um, and it really. Yeah. Good. It's great. It gives everyone an opportunity, but I think for the, the folks you're submitting to, they must get overwhelmed way more than they used to in the past. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they do. I mean, like, the good thing is that there are a lot of people writing now. The bad thing is, is that there are a lot of people writing now. <laughs> it kind of goes exactly. that way. Uh-huh. So, um, well, why, why, how did you choose horror, or did horror choose you? Yeah, I, I would say that the the latter is the way to put it. Um, I grew up when I was a kid reading things like the Hardy Boys mysteries and Alfred Hitchcock and the Three Investigators. And while they weren't horror, they often had, um, you know, themes that could be supernatural and then they'd prove them that they mm-hmm. weren't. But I was always really interested in that kind of mystery type thing. And then, like I said, when I, when I, first grabbed Salem's Lot off the rack and read that, I was hooked. That was it. <laughs> there was no turning back after that. So Salem's Lot would be your is that is I take it that's your favorite Stephen King book? actually it is my favorite Stephen King book, but I just ah. Salem's Lot is the one that hooked me when I was a kid. But it, I think it he he himself calls it like his final exam of horror. It's just a masterpiece in my mm-hmm. mind, so well, we both went to the Stanley Hotel Writers Retreat, so I guess that The Shining probably has some special meaning for you too. Yeah, m- most of his books do. I mean, I just I am really in mm-hmm. awe of his talent, and yeah, The, the Shining is definitely um, it has a special place for me uh, because of a lot of the reasons I went to that retreat are because of the story behind the story of him, you know, ending up in that, the old, the, I said the Overlook Hotel, the Stanley Hotel. And, Stanley, you know, yeah. See, yeah, and seeing the girls and meeting the bartender and all the stories he tells about really what gave him the idea 
of The Shining. That's why I went to that hotel, other than for the, the writer's mm-hmm. review was great. But I wonder yeah, if I would have gone to that same that? retreat if it was. I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say what surprised me about it is that we were there at the same time, but we didn't cross paths at all. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because that was really one of the first writing events I attended, and, and I absolutely knew nobody at the time. And since mm-hmm. I've gone to other events, I keep bumping into all these people that were there that I didn't meet. And I find that very strange because I participated in, like, every event that that went on. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know how I didn't meet more people. So you went, you went to the paranormal event at night, the ghost hunting? You did that? Yeah, I did the ghost hunting. Um, we did a thing in the maze, which is kind of funny mm-hmm. for the folks the that haven't maze. seen it. They yeah. they finally built the hedge maze at the Stanley Hotel, but at the time we were there, the hedges are about three feet tall, so it's kind of hard to get lost. Yeah, I remember but... that. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Did you go to the yeah. – I take it you went to the murder mystery dinner? I didn't go to the murder mystery dinner, no. I didn't go to the Halloween ball either, but I went to, like, all the – Yeah, I didn't go to the Halloween ball. There was a lot of panels. Um, there were some workshops. There was one at the venue – had a nice restaurant by the lake that Daniel Knopf hosted. Mm-hmm. There was another one that RJ hosted outside some coffee shop by another little body of water there. So, yeah, yeah I, I went to both the, of those they, too. Yeah, it's just odd that we were both there and we never <laughs> even said hi. It's very yeah, strange. I know. I mean, it was straight. I met people, a few people that I had known from Facebook and I'd never met in person. And it, it was a surreal kind of thing. I mean, it was just. Seeing, seeing them in meat space, you know, just finally. Seeing right. Them yeah. And that's, it was, that's it was really been cool. my experience. That's been my experience for a lot of the events I've gone to, because obviously Facebook is a, an easy way to find people with, you know, similar interests in writing and in horror. And then to finally get to these places and, and <laughs> Hey, I know you, but I don't mm-hmm. know how I know you. And it's because I saw your picture on Facebook yeah. or whatever, but yeah, that was a cool event, getting to meet uh, Daniel and obviously Jack Ketchum and uh, mm-hmm. Josh Mallerman and Trent Zelazny was the other guy. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the other ones I know that we've gone to together and, I, you know, we've actually talked to each other would be the uh, the New England Horror Raider events. And, uh, um, well, I go to Broad Universe events occasionally, you know, when they're nearby because I live all the way out in Rockford. So I'm kind of I'm in the middle of the boonies, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, uh, I think the those kinds of organizations are very good for writers. That they they get you out of the house for one thing, and they get you networking with with other people who can help out your career. Yeah, I I think that's the key is the networking piece. I mean the the, the Stanley was the perfect venue for that type of event. I got a, a lot of great writing done. I think while I was there, I even. Uh, I even rented uh, the the famous room in the hotel for four hours to do a writing block, ah. which was really cool. Um, but yeah, the, I think the key to those events more than the knowledge you gain, although that's a great thing too. But the networking piece is just invaluable. And and people that are starting out, go to these events, go go to the workshops, go to the mm-hmm. the coffee houses, whatever. I mean, there there's a lot of those type of events now, and you even go to author reading and just watch how they do readings and signings and engage with the people. It's it's a very, very good learning experience. 
No, I managed to convince all the guests to be on uh, on my radio show. This is back when I was doing the women's show. And uh, that I don't believe that show is around anymore. I'm not absolutely sure. But uh, I remember when I walked up to Jack Ketchum, because I'm a big fan of um, uh, The Girl Next Door, you know, both the book and the movie. And I felt so timid. <laughs> and I'm like, would you be on my show? And he's like, yeah, sure. And it was just it was just so easy. And they, you know, they're human like anybody else. And uh, yeah, that, that book you know, just blew me away. That that was one of the hardest books to read, but it's also one of the greatest mm-hmm. books. It, it's really it's it kind of takes a lot That's out a of you to get through it. Yeah, yeah. It's a rough one. Yeah, a similar one. I don't know if you've caught this. It's called Odd Man Out by uh, I've James heard of Newman. it, but I haven't read that one yet. Yeah, that's I've heard that, of that one, but a, I haven't read it of, yet. Yeah, it's kind of a novella, but it's it's similar themes where it's it's so real that there's you know, these real people in these situations that just you can see that they're gonna spin out of control and that you just have to sit there and watch it happen and it's mm-hmm. it's kinda of gut wrenching to read. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of books like that and they're all good. <laughs> well, um, okay. Yeah. Have you ever thought of writing in a genre other than horror? You know, I've thought about it. I just don't know if if I'm ready to try it, I, I would I would love someday to do a mainstream book, but I just don't I don't know if I have it in me. I really don't. I just horror is my thing, and I think if I even started trying to write a mainstream story or a different genre story, I think I'd find a way to you know get a monster in there or have so, some kind of supernatural thing uh-huh. take place. <laughs> Well, if if you could, do you have any genre in particular that interests you uh, outside of horror? I actually read. Uh, I do read some mysteries, um, but I I would really like to try my hand at something you know just straight up mainstream, almost literary. You know, kind of like a. Uh, Oh, what's the guy's name? Sorry, I'm going to go draw a blank. But you, you know, something that doesn't really fit in a genre, just like a literary book. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah, kind of a family drama type thing. I don't know. I I watch a lot of TV and and I do read other non horror things and and a lot of it's very family oriented and just family dynamics and and things like that. And I find that kind of stuff fascinating. But I just don't know if I could hmm. do it. Okay, now that that's fair enough. Um, Okay, you. We, well, we were talking about Stephen King and Jack Ketchum. Uh, who are some of your other favorite horror writers? Oh, that's a long list. Uh, Robert McCann, or McCammon, his older works. I, I haven't followed his newer stuff. Um, same thing for Dan Simmons. Both of those guys have written probably two of my favorite books, Summer of Night by Dan Simmons and um, Boy's Life by Robert McCammon. All, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s time frame, very coming-of-age oriented books, similar to It mm-hmm. or um, Stephen King's short stories. Stand Bobby, by Me. Stand by me. Um, yeah. Simmons also followed up um, many, many years later with a sequel to, to Summer of Night called A Winter Haunting which was one of the same characters as an adult going back to that hometown. Um, so th- those guys really can write. Ketchum is another one. I used to be mm-hmm. a huge Dean Koontz fan. Uh, he's kind of 
slipped off my radar what lately. Happened? Um, oh, uh, his his books got. I don't know if something happened in his life that impacted the content of his work, but it seemed like all of his books started started having the same life after death theme, and there's always a super smart dog involved, and I don't know, it just kind of kind of started to get a little too weird for me, but uh, you can see a lot of my my favorites go back to the roots of the, you know, the late 80s, but I really think horror is on a huge comeback, and some of my favorite authors now are, are the new breed, the Josh Mallermans, the Paul Tremblay's, um, Rio Yours, I don't know if you've had a chance to read him. There's a lot of good stuff out there right now. Yeah, I like some of the some of the older stuff and the newer stuff too, because I like uh, Darth. Uh, well, I like Dorothy Parker, although she doesn't write horror. But I like uh, Shirley Jackson is probably one of the first horror writers that I ever really got into, because I fell in love with the Horror sure. Hill House. Oh yeah, that's sure. that one is something else. And uh, Daphne du Maurier, not, I've always enjoyed her books. The, the, the Gothic horror, really interesting. And uh, Michael McDowell's, what's it called? Uh, the Elementals, you know, Southern, uh, goth, yeah, Southern Gothic horror. That stuff is, that book is as scary as you wouldn't believe. <laughs> you have to try that have one out read, sometime. Have you read, um, you mentioned Daphne Dumar. Uh Have you read uh, Ann Rivers' Diddens, The House Next Door? Not yet. That one. Uh, that one's on my list, actually. I've been wanting to read that one for a while. Yeah, you're going to love it. I'll have to give that one a try. You just said about the guy. Right. It's like a modern topic. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I like haunted house books. So yeah, that are That's a good one. That one. It's it's. I think you're going to love it. Move it up on your list. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we talked about your favorite horror writers. What about your favorite horror movies? So, um, that's a good question. I I think for my favorite, it's probably the original Halloween movie. I, Which I one? think when I saw that, the original Halloween from '78. Oh yes, yes. Um, I saw that in the theater when I was whatever age I was at the time, 14 or 15. Um, and I was just blown away by how terrifying it was at the time for someone that age mm-hmm. anyway. Um, Alien is another one. Some people call it science fiction. Yeah, I say it's hard, but we can debate. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't feel like a lot of a, the modern horror movies are really as good as the older ones. Um, a, a lot was made about It Follows and uh, mm-hmm. The Babadook over the past couple of years. And I was right. just, I don't know if it was because of the hype or I, I was just really disappointed by both of those. Oh. And those get well, rave, about, view, rave reviews you? everywhere. What about I don't, oh, the disappointed I, it follows, I think it was just a hype. And when I watched that, I, you know, it's, it's like, okay, this is like a, <laughs> a walking sexually transmitted disease. Like it's just bizarre and mm-hmm. it didn't really scare me. And Babadook, I thought the concept was phenomenal. And then they blew it at the end when the, the little kids started using all these like home alone tricks to, to trip up the monster. It was kind of goofy. Yeah, I would yeah, say, I see your uh, point there. For for the movies, I actually think um, M Night Shyamalan has has made a decent comeback. I I thought the visit 
was really well done. And I have not seen Split yet, but I've heard great things about it. Yeah, I've been hearing some good things about Split, too. I've been kind of curious about it. I mean, I, I yeah, he has some... at the top, his first movie. <laughs> yeah, so I go don't ahead. think he will either, although I, I'm one of the few that really thought Signs was a very good movie. A lot mm-hmm. of people didn't. Um, a lot of people wanted it to be like a big, you know, Earth versus Aliens movie, and it really wasn't supposed to be that. So I think they yeah. were disappointed. But uh, I actually think Unbreakable was his best movie. Oh, okay. Well, I remember um, I saw Alien at the movie theater, and I never saw anything like that before. I was sick for three right. days. And I couldn't oh, watch a horror really? movie for another eight years aside of Hammer films. That was all I could handle. And then uh, my, my ex-father-in-law had a videotape of uh, just some stuff of my son goofing off. And Friday the 13th was on it. And I'm like, okay, let me get, get a chance to see if I can handle this. Because I, I figured if I didn't like it, I could always turn it off. So I put it in, and I laughed my ass off through the entire movie. I'm like, what have I been scared of? This is this is supposed to be the big one that's supposed to scare you half to death. And right after that, I saw The Evil Dead, and ever since then, I've been hooked on just about every horror movie that I could find, at least the good ones. I mean, there are plenty of bad ones out there, but the good ones make up for them. Yeah, I agree. I think that the Friday the 13th franchise is, I don't know, kind of a joke. <laughs> But uh, yeah. what are your thoughts on, on, I don't know if you've caught some of the the Netflix original stuff, like Stranger Things and the OA? I haven't seen the OA, but I have seen Stranger Things. And I I, I like the homage to the 80s and uh, to the, uh, like, um, Stand By Me. That, that's, it reminded me of Stand By Me, very much so. So what did you think of it? Yeah, same thing. I loved it for those nostalgic reasons, uh, and I thought uh, I thought that the child actors were phenomenal. Right oh, through. Oh yeah, they were. Um, yeah. Approved for a second season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm interested in that. But uh, if you haven't caught the OA, you should you should check it out. I think it's only eight episodes. It's very it's oh, hard okay. to explain to someone sure. what it's about, but it's it's. Very different and very interesting. I think you'll enjoy it. Well, there seems to be a lot of pretty good horror on television these days. Like we have, the, you know, Bates Motel, American Horror Story, The Walking Dead. Uh, one of my favorites is Penny Dreadful. Absolutely love that show. So uh, have you been catching any of those? I I do. I, I loved Penny Dreadful. I was very sad to see that one go away. Um, mm-hmm. I I faithfully watch The Walking Dead, although I sometimes question myself for that faith. But yeah. I, don't I know, know the feeling. It, it's, yeah, it every week I wonder why. It's a little repetitive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it goes up and down, and they'll have like a really good episode. I'm like, okay, that's why I watch it. But um, I have well, not I'm, watched I'm Bates Motel. I'm hoping that Stephen finally kills Negan. <laughs> but what do you think of Bates Motel? I have some pr- I I haven't seen Base Motel yet, but that's on my list. Mm-hmm. And I've also heard good things about this this new show Legion, but I haven't had a chance to catch that either. Legion, I saw some of that and I couldn't get into it. If it's the one I'm thinking okay. of, it's a, sort of a superhero thing. Yeah, I, I couldn't get into. Yeah, that it's. I guess it's supposed to be kind of a, almost like an unreliable narrator story. Where is he really a superhero? Mm-hmm. Is he really just crazy? <laughs> but I haven't watched. Yeah. It, but... I know. What, have you seen Ash versus the Evil Dead? 
I have not. Oh, that, that that's a funny one. That's pretty good. I get I get a major kick out of it. So yeah, yeah that I, one is that one's off for the time being. I generally don't like funny horror or like dark comedy, whatever you want to call it. I I like horror to be horror and I like comedy to be comedy. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't like the mix of the two that much. Yeah, I know that. You know, some people don't like the mix. I, I, for me, it depends on what movie it is. You know, some of them, it, it's really hard to do horror comedy. I think that might be one reason that uh, a lot of people don't like it. You know, like they want the, they want their horror, they want their comedy. Do not mix them. It's like the people that right. like their romance and erotica, and the people that like their horror don't mix them. Or if you mix them, you better do it very well. <laughs> but you know, half, yeah, half and the I time, think that's where I fall. Flat. Yeah, and I, I haven't seen... I would say Zombieland was a good mix of it. I don't know if you've seen that. It's the Woody Harrelson kind of horror oh, comedy. about. It's called Zombieland. And oh, I can't yeah, think of the yeah, young yeah. guy. Yeah, that was good. I, think, uh, I, got a, yeah, I got a kick out Yeah, of that was a good one. Um, I have heard yeah, great It made me want to about, eat Twinkies. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't um, even like Twinkies, and it made me crave them. <laughs> I've also heard great things about the new Netflix show, The Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that one, too. It's, I like the premise. The premise sounds really interesting. The premise is good, and I love Timothy Olyphant, so I, I, I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to watch that one, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. No, I, I Zombie is another pretty good one. I, I, I got a kick out of that one. I've been, I've been playing catch-up on uh, you know, season one and two. Because uh, I managed to, you know, I'll, I'll talk about this at the end of the show. But uh, one of the, you know, I have the guy who's in charge of sound for that show is uh, has agreed to be on my show, and uh, I've met him like 20 years ago. We worked on a movie together, of all things. So it's like, talk about small world. But that's coming up. I'll I'll announce that at the end of the show. But um, oh, uh, that's what would you like to see? Yeah, it's it's, it's I just stumbled upon him. <laughs> it's the glory of Facebook. So what would you like to see in a horror movie, a TV show, or a book that hasn't been done yet? Or is there anything that hasn't been done yet? I'd love to see my own story, Haven, made into a movie. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's a lot out there that hasn't been done. I I would love to see um, Paul Tremblay's Head Full of Ghosts made into a movie. That, that's probably no, that the best horror be novel that's the best horror novel I've read in, in several years. I would love to see that made. Um, I don't know. They're, they're remaking yeah, like it, which I'm super excited for. I'm sorry, go ahead. Which one? Oh, I was going to say, I'd like to see the Elementals it. made into a movie. Yep, oh, I know yeah. about that. Yep. Yep, that would be a good well, one. If, um, if Haven if were to be made into a movie, who would you like to see cast in the main leads? you have any idea? Oh, no. I haven't thought that far. I try not to dream too big, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. And honestly, I don't know. I don't I don't keep up with enough of the, uh, you know, modern celebrities to even know who's who anymore. So I, I, I'd be mm-hmm. the, the wrong person to cast it. Well, okay, Bill, what themes do you think are overdone? There's, like, too much of it and enough already. For me, it's uh, definitely zombies. zombies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's definitely zombies. Uh, it's just, like I said, The Walking Dead. When that show started, to me, that was a really very character-driven show that just happened to have some zombies in it. And I feel like they got mm-hmm. away from that and just kind of developed this template of, okay, we're going to find a new place for these guys to live, and then whoever the leader of that place is is going to turn out to be bad, and they have to destroy it, and meanwhile, let's kill as many zombies in as many disgusting ways as we can, and so I'm over that. Um, I was very excited when Fear the Walking Dead started because I thought it was going to be a real precursor and explain, you know, why it happened, and then it just turned into The Walking Dead Part 2, so... Oh, yeah, I haven't seen Fear of the Walking Dead. I, yeah, it, the Walking it's very, Dead is enough. Very quickly spun into the same thing with just a different cast. Mm-hmm. So that that would be my overdone trope is the zombies right now. <laughs> well, when you're not writing, what do you like to do for fun that has nothing to do with writing or horror? Uh, I do a lot of running. Um and, you know, between working full-time and trying to balance family and balance writing and all that, running is kind of a time where I just clear my head and, you know, listen to music and don't really do anything else. So I guess anything not related to horror, because that's, um, you know, everything I read mostly is horror. Yeah. My TV and movies are horror. My writing is horror. So. Uh, I would say running is the big thing and, and just doing a lot of stuff with family. I love to travel. I have a daughter out in Tucson. I just came back from there. We did, um, we went down to Tombstone. We went to this old mining town called Bisbee and one of her friends oh, grew up uh, in this, I've been to this old mining town. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So Bisbee, you, I don't know if you know, this has all these storm drains that run under the city or the town. Yeah. And, uh, one of Shannon's, my daughter's friends knew kind of the secret way to get in there. So we went in there and kind of walked through all the storm drains. It was really creepy. Oh, oh there's, there's a story to write. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it was kind of if like, so I think it's already been written. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you have dogs, um, but right? yeah, I mean, a couple of dogs. Yeah. I have two yellow labs, which are uh, lots of fun. Keep me busy too. But uh, mm-hmm. what I've been trying to do is when, when I have a writing event, I try and turn into either, you know, a family vacation or at least a vacation for my wife and I. So we're yeah. heading out to the Stokers um, next month. And so my wife's coming along since since I'm on the final bout. Actually, both of my daughters are going to fly out and meet us too. So it's going to be a blast. I can't wait. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. And congratulations again. <laughs> That, Thank that's, you. That's Thank pretty you. awesome. Well, because um, you like to run, have you ever run in the Boston Marathon? I have actually run it three times. I've run eight marathons, um, Boston three times, and actually I was a half mile from the finish line in 2013 when the bombs went off. Oh, nice. So, oh, yeah, five, oh, that's good. if I was five minutes faster, uh, yeah. Things might not be so good right now. Yeah, that could have been bad. <laughs> yeah, and I, I haven't done Boston since then. Yeah, I don't blame you for that one. Yeah, but that was pretty horrific. It so, really was. Put, just... um, yeah. Yeah, it was just awful. Well, have you ever put your uh, 
I guess your pets, your friends, or your family, or even just general people into your stories for fun. Kill them off. <laughs> uh, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about things like that, and I honestly haven't done it, although I will say I have written characters in that are based on people that I've, you know, encountered in my life or are new from childhood mm-hmm. or things like that, but nothing really specific like where I'm going to, you know, really um, mold a character after somebody specific. No, I haven't done that. Have you done that? I've done I've done some of it. I mean, I, I base some characters on my husband. Uh, and, and one in particular, I killed him off along with his doctor. <laughs> yeah, that, that's infection. Yeah, that, that was a fun story to write. Interesting. I usually don't kill people off, though. I like to let them live and suffer. That's, that's, that's kind of my way of doing it. But it is a lot of fun you know, to, to put somebody that's into a story funny. like that. Yeah, like I said, well, uh, okay. I've, I've obviously stolen characteristics of people and, you know, built characters with those characteristics and, and traits, but mm-hmm. not never one specific person. It's always like kind of borrowing and stealing different things from different people and, and building my own character from that. Yeah, that's that's the way I usually do it. Have you, have you based any characters on yourself? I would say that the character of Denny in Haven is in a lot of ways based on me or maybe based on the me that I wish I was when I was 12. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, you know, he's, he's kind of a regular kid. He gets picked on by the bullies and he's kind of a nerd and that was kind of me. So yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, do you like, uh, do you like novels better than short stories? I mean, do you have a preference for one or the other? I do. I I love novels, especially long novels. Um, I'm very much mm-hmm. into character development and backstory and and all that kind of stuff. So the longer the better for me. Uh, short stories to me, I, they're such a different animal. I have a lot of trouble writing them, and a lot of a lot of the ones I read, I feel like I want more. And I'm I'm kind of mm-hmm. disappointed, I guess, because it, it ended so quickly. So yeah, novels are definitely my preference. Okay. Well, um, what do you find difficult about writing short stories? Exactly. I mean, where is it for you? Uh, yeah, I. So a lot of the short stories, like I said, there's no there's no opportunity for character development. It's like a snapshot, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I have trouble with that. I always want to just keep going and say, you know, this is why this character is like that, or this is what happened to him, you know, before this story happened. And you don't get that opportunity in the short story. And I, I just, yeah, like I said, to me, it's, they're both creative writing and they're both fiction, but they're so different in, in terms of structure and, and I guess the skill set it takes to do it. Most, you know, most of my short stories turn out to be, on the very long side of short stories. So. No, they turn they turn into novelettes and novellas. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, trying to write like a 2,000-word story for me is, is extremely difficult. Well, um, I write both, uh, I've written novellas, novels, and short stories. And sometimes a, short, sometimes a story just wants to be a short story. Like if you can't pump it up or just put in a lot of filler and turn it into a novel. I've noticed that with some of my fiction, but um, and it's they're usually a very specific point in time. The way that at least the way that I write a short story, and uh, I've written plenty of them, 
And uh, I, I think they're good to keep your name out there. So, like, in between novels, get a few short stories published so that people can read some other works of yours while, you, while you're working on your novels. But, um, yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, I mean, that's you have plenty point. coming out now anyway. Yeah, I have a couple of short stories that are that are you know in the rounds, so to speak. They haven't been selected, mm-hmm. but yeah. uh, I'm hoping they are. And I also have a novella coming out in the fall. Oh, which one is that? It's it's working title is um, Weekend Getaway, and I, the the publisher hasn't formally announced it yet, so I don't want to say too much about oh, okay. it. But uh, okay. that will be that will oh, be announced so soon. And it, okay. it, yeah, exactly. There you go. Breaking news. Yeah, um, but it, not bad. <laughs> if if the schedule holds, it, it will be out as um, this publisher's um, what do they call it. Novella of the month for September, and it's it's a oh nice okay. it's a it's a very different story than both Haven and Eternal Darkness, which mm-hmm. which both of those books have the you know the the young small town kids the coming of age theme through it. This is a very mm-hmm. different, very darker story. <laughs> mhm. Okay, well, I have a question that I love to ask horror writers. It's one of my favorite questions. What scares you the most? Um, anything happening to my children is what scares me the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty common fear. Is, yeah, it, it's, I mean, my my daughters are both adults, and I just kind of worry about them all the time. Um in today's world, we have a lot to worry about since uh, oh, yeah, we since sure the last do. election. But we'll we'll we won't talk about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That that's a whole different topic. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I de- guess my last question. Definitely is, the well. Yeah, go right ahead. Oh no, go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, just just to reiterate that you know the the health and well being of my kids and the happiness of my kids is just that's what scares me if there's ever anything wrong in their life. That's what I worry about. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good one. I, I definitely agree with you on that. And okay. Well, well, we got about six minutes left. So uh, I'd like to know where do you see horror going over the next five to 10 years? If you have an opinion on that. Yeah, I I think it is. I think it's a very healthy genre right now. I, I mean, it, it was definitely kind of a blockbuster. I remember in the old days, in the in the 80s and 90s, you'd go into a bookstore and horror would have its own section and it would be just packed with, you know, <laughs> some names you've heard and some you haven't. But it, it, was, it was a booming genre and it kind of slipped for a while, but I think it's back strong. Um, I yeah, I, seen, I noticed that. It's I've, making a comeback. It's making a comeback with some serious quality writers too. Um, I have seen a huge uptake or uptick in the novella that you mentioned earlier. It seems like a lot mm-hmm. of people, maybe it's the fast pace of of the world these days that they want, you know, something shorter and quicker that they can get through. But I think the horror novella is going to be uh, another, you know, kind of a, a popular niche. But uh, I don't know yeah, where I yeah. see it going. The, as far as thematically, uh, you know, 
the old tropes are the old tropes and and if you can find a, a, a way to you know breathe new life into the vampire story or the the ghost story then people are going to read it um mm-hmm. but I, I think i'm a little surprised that this hasn't happened already but technological horror, um, you know, computers becoming too smart or, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. I'm surprised that hasn't taken off more. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that be the next thing. Well, that, that would be good. I've heard, I've heard some of that, mainly short stories and not so many uh, yeah. novels or novellas. Yeah. Okay, well, um, it's about time to wrap up. So, just uh, tell my listeners where they can find you on the web, like Facebook, your your website, you know, Twitter, that sort of thing. Sure, I am. Uh, I am on Facebook, Tom Deedy, and I have my website, TomDeedy dot com. I have my Amazon author page, and I am also very active on Twitter uh, at Deedy Tom. Okay. And um, aside of the one book that you're not supposed to talk about, what else? Do you have anything else coming out soon? Um, nothing that I that I can announce specifically. I have a short story that's that was actually written during my stay at the Stanley, so you probably know what I'm talking about. But uh, oh, um, okay, okay. Yeah, there's there's a there's a great project in the works that my story's involved in, but again, it hasn't been announced yet, so unfortunately, I can't talk about it. Um, I actually have a young adult horror novel with my editor right now, and as soon as that's back, um, I'm going to start shopping for an agent for that one. Well, good luck with the agent. Yeah, and, and agents. Uh, yeah, I guess they're. I understand they're something very necessary. I don't have one yet and I'm looking for one myself and it's it's been a bit of an uphill battle. If they they want to find something that they're they're all bottom line. It's a whole different kind of kind of animal. Well anyway, right. I want to thank you for being on my show. I want I want to thank you for being on my show. And I'd like to have you back sometime. Like after Absolutely. after this your was, new work this... come out. Okay. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. How about after um, after the Nadal comes out, maybe in the fall? That would, I'd love to be back. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, you're very welcome. And okay, I'm going to sign off now. And my next guest, or not not necessarily my next guest, I'm still getting everything set up. I've uh, hopefully will have Walt Bost on my show, and um, he works with I, I Zombie doing sound. So yeah, I'm in the works. With, I'm in conversation with him now to get him set up on my show. So, everybody, take it easy, and thank you again, Tom, for being on the show. And uh, have a very pleasant week. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye.